Hello, and Kate here for the first in a series of interviews for Womankind. So a warm welcome to Cyclical Living Unwrapped. Yay! <laughs> and we're going to explore the gifts and challenges of cyclical life with experts in the field of menstruation, perimenopause and cyclical living. And today, my first and very special guest is Connie Longdon Jefferson, and she's a writer, a host and content creator specializing in all things reproductive health, which is just perfect. <laughs> and Connie works with brands including Holland and Barrett, Parler. I don't know how to say that. Mayuvi, is that how you say yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> is that right? Uh, what do they do? Period pain, uh, TENS machine. Ah, so okay. period pain relief. Ah, I, right, okay. Amazing. So give yeah. them a special plug. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. I can pay you for that. so marvellous, I have to say. Um, LV and Mira, uh, to, help up open, to help open up conversations about period, health and fertility. So I'm my first question for you, Connie, is yeah. what is your summer superpower? So I, I thought about this and I thought there's there's two pronged answer to this. So one, I think being a content creator and a host, when I can get my gigs to land in my summer, it is so perfect because I feel I'm always quite confident at public speaking, but there's just something hits different when I'm coming up to ovulation. I'm in that place. I just feel like my words can get all in out of my head and, and out of my mouth in the order that I want them in. And I feel confident and I feel, yeah, just happy to be in front of camera or on stage. So I love it when my work aligns in that way. And actually having that knowledge of, of my cycle means that as a freelancer, I can try and um, sort of work my work around my cycle. And I do often try and do my kind of more on camera showing up stuff around my summer because I really feel that. I feel and my spring as well a little bit, but as I come into summer really feel that a lot um but then I also as I was saying to you I'm trying to conceive at the moment so summer has become really summery <laughs> you know it's really like oh all of those hormones and those feelings that you you always have when you're living cyclically but you sort of like you clock them and maybe you've got time to spend that time with your partner or maybe you don't you kind of have to at this time because it's your fertile window as well so that's been really interesting like leaning into that quite primal urge to have sex and actually kind of go well I've got to make time for it and I've kind of you know and that's been really cool to be aligned with my summer in that way and actually rather than going like oh I really feel like you know that but I'm really busy and I've got this on I actually have to lean into it so I kind of feel like on the work side it's showing up online it's showing up in places but my personal life currently really leaning into that pleasure and horniness for want of a better word Kate <laughs> yeah I mean summer has a biological purpose yeah it's, it's not all about showing up on Instagram amazingly no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not what we were doing back in the day <laughs> and tell me what trips you up in summer I think doing too much sometimes I think like you know I get you get these bursts of energies and these bursts of wanting to be uh visible or wanting to be out there and sometimes especially when you know my ovulation hits and those you know the you know my your estrogen sort of goes and you you're, you're like oh you can get a real vulnerability hangover 
or even just a tired, you know, a sort of social battery hangover if I've just kind of gone full pelt during my spring and summer. Um, so I kind of feel like, I guess that's going into autumn territory, but I think I get tripped up by feeling like I can do anything. I can, you know, I can do it all. I can take it all on. And then um, that trips me up as summer sort of comes to an end. And I think, ah, shouldn't have gone that hard necessarily. And and when, when, when you do have that little trip, what supports you in your autumn? Mm. What hold, what helps to hold you when, when you're, I mean, I really, yeah, totally. And I feel like I'm, I'm in my autumn right now. Mm-hmm. That like, and I actually love it. That like early luteal phase. I feel like, I feel that urge. I kind of feel that urge to button down the hatches comes. I can feel that coming, but it's not a sort of. I still feel really capable, and actually, it's a time that I like to organize and take control of things. Um, you know, this is you know a time when. You know, Sunday, I was there until nine o'clock at night in the in the kitchen, batch cooking for the week. And I was like, this is big autumn energy. I was like, I'm like, do you, do you know what I mean? I just feel the need to organize. And it makes me feel so calm and grounded um, to, yeah, to, to sort of quieten down a little bit, but still be taking control, still being active. Um, that's definitely what I really notice when I come into my autumn. Is that for people whose cycles are um are irregular or who don't cycle that desire to organize and to sort things can be a real tale for autumn can't it Mm. I know when I'm when I'm starting to chuck things out of cupboards I'm like oh totally hello yeah I was I just downloaded the you know an app to sell clothes and I was like right I was like I'm gonna get it all out of the wardrobe and I want to clean it all down and and it's just like oh yes you know um and like you said I think it's those things that we, I think autumn gets a bad press because we kind of people go like, oh, autumn, oh, that's all about PMS and it's all about, you know, and I'm like, no, it's such a wonderful phase of your cycle if you can sort of learn to recognise the superpowers of it and give yourself what you need. If you can be resourced and if you are not knackered. Yes, yes, which comes, which does come. It's. I always feel in this sort of, as I after ovulation that, that autumn I I feel like I'm what's the phrase do like I feel like I'm I'm like st- or doing all my stuff now because I'm like next week I'm not going to want to do anything <laughs> so it's like right let's get let's do the batch cooking let's do the organization let's get on top of work because um you know as I sort of come to the end of my autumn and into my winter I don't want to do any of that stuff <laughs> so I feel like I'm it's like a gift to future Connie to get organized in that early autumn phase for me I'm, actually, I'm curious. I don't know how how close are you to perimenopause? Are you, are you looking at? Are you, are you? Are you? Have you got your binoculars out and you staring at the? Yeah, the I mean, I think or, so. You know, I'm in my early thirties, so it's. But I think being in this space, I have so many conversations around perimenopause. Um, and menopause and, and and I feel really privileged to be part of those conversations slightly earlier in my journey. I mean, like I said, trying to conceive at the moment, so it's this interesting thing where. I'm trying to conceive, but then I also know that in a few years' time, I could be entering perimenopause and that wouldn't be, you know, super early necessarily. That would just be like, you know, the start of that that progression. So it feels, I don't think people, I don't think many people think about that. So I feel like your 30s is a really interesting time because you're sort of, if you are trying to have a baby, then you're, there's a big kind of life change happening in that decade. You can start 
your 30s, maybe, or, you know, people have children at different times, but start at 30s, not even thinking about that. Then you can go through a fertility journey and then potentially end up in perimenopause by the end. It's amazing. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so in answer to your question, I guess I'm obviously trying to have a baby. So I'm really hoping it's not anytime soon. <laughs> but I'm also like, people like yourself which is it's just so wonderful because I think you just take the fear out of that out of it when it does when it does come so I sort of I look at it fondly I'm like oh that'll come at some point hopefully not yeah, right and now. I think I think that what you were saying about welcoming your autumn and mm. identifying superpowers and what soothes you yes that is like the best perimenopausal training wow that's really interesting you'll be fine well they're both autumnal phase so, of course and that's kind of how, and you know, I think life feels like that a little bit, doesn't it? Now? Like right now, I feel like I'm in the summer of life, right? You know, I'm like working really hard on my career and things going well. I'm trying to have a baby and buying my house and do that. And it's like, you're kind of building up. And then it's like, yeah, yeah. Like, can I just have a lie down? Like, I can't, I can't. I know. But all those things at once. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm in the fast lane of life right now, which I think many, many women my age probably um, recognize. But like you said, I feel like I'm doing stuff for future Connie so she can have a bit more. A very relaxed time <laughs> so beautifully seeking into my next question what does rest look like for you I think there's two the biggest things that for me that are restful and one is disconnecting from technology my phone even if I leave my phone in my basement my kitchen in the basement and come upstairs it's like just having that distance a couple of floors between it it's like I can feel my nervous system <laughs> <laughs> come down and I was talking to someone else about this the other day and I just thought you know going for a walk without your phone it's just so nice and it's something we so rarely do because I mean my phone's my wallet basically I don't even have cards ever anymore um so that time when you just you don't need it because you know if you don't need your phone you know like you're with the people you need to be with or everything's sort of okay and no one's expecting anything from you and it just is bliss now, that, now, I'm going to really press you here. Is that really the truth? What are, what are your real your real boundaries on? Um, that, I don't mean I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying I do it often, but I'm just saying when I do, it feels really because really. Because we are all addicted, and it's really hard. And, and that's, that's how my you work. Earn a living. Exactly, that's my work. So that's what I mean. It's it's I I I should and hopefully you know will get into better habits with it. But that's why I almost feel, which is sad, like a luxury to go out because it's like oh god like I really no one needs me for the next couple of hours it's just like this freeing thing I think the thing is about phones I think we uh, there's a lot about social media and our scrolling and all that sort of stuff which we all know is not good for us there's also that feeling of just being so accessible all the time to people and I feel like especially when I'm in my winter (laughs) I don't want to be accessible to anybody so it's so nice just going do you know what just going to put that away for a few hours it's nothing is that important that anyone needs me and then I can get on with doing what I'm doing. Um, and then the other thing is I live by the sea. I live in Brighton. So spending time by the ocean is just so calming. And if I can spend time with the ocean without my phone, that's like double whammy. That's when I'm like really feel peaceful. Um, and so I try and get down to the sea as much as I can. There's a lovely yoga studio down at the sea, which I started going to. So starting your day or ending your day with a yoga class and then just sitting and looking at the sea is heaven it's really really lovely and again I can just sort of feel the cortisol like draining away (laughs) and I'm interested that I asked you about rest and just to be really explicit to people listening 
neither of Connie's answers were about lying down and sleeping. Mm. Which is interesting because I'm not very good at resting. So I have active rest. I'm because uh, I. Uh, uh, no, no, sorry. I'm sorry. I think you're probably, I think you are evidently excellent at rest. Otherwise, you wouldn't have shown up here. I think that um, rest looks different for different people. Mm. I think what I'm not great at, which I would like to work on, is that surrender. I think that I I have a, even when I'm resting, I sort of feel the need to be doing something, if that makes sense. Now, sometimes act, that can be wonderful, you know, going to yoga class or going for a walk is still rest. But I think that there is something inside me that I, you know, sometimes when I'm really in my winter and it's just, you just have to go, do you know what? Nothing's getting done today. I'm just going to stop and surrender. I'm not very good at that. Now, I think, I mean, this, you know, you can tell me to bugger off if you like, but it's just coming, and I used to work with pregnancy and I haven't for years, but it's come into my mind that this quality of surrender in the broadest sense mm. is absolutely intrinsic to conception. Mm, 100%. 100%. And it's something that I'm having to acknowledge about myself. That I find that quite difficult and sort of try to surrender, which sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I completely, yeah. It's not I, something I, I, you can ace or do. No, exactly. It's not a test. It's not a job interview. Um, exactly. A hundred, I can't, I couldn't agree with you more. You've sort of like gone into my mind there. <laughs> so how are you planning on doing that? That's a really good question and one I haven't figured out yet. And And working in this space for years is a blessing and a curse as well because you're sort of empowered with so much knowledge and I've got wonderful friends who work in this space that if I've got any question I can just call them up and so I feel so grateful for that but also it's really hard to switch off because also my work right so I could be like I should see how it goes let's surrender and then I like go into work so it's um it's something that I am um, working on and haven't figured out yet any advice welcome <laughs> mm. yeah I think it, it takes us by surprise sometimes and sometimes mm. we need to be um I'm speaking from my own personal yeah. experience uh, we need to be undone somewhat yes yes and then and then the surrender comes in. yeah yeah totally returning to spring What's that spell in the air? Hmm. The best. Something sprightly. Oh. What are the challenges and joys of your spring, Connie? I love my spring. And and especially <clears throat> when you're on a fertility journey, there's something about the spring that feels really good because it is that time when you sort of don't think about it. Because, you know, you've got your summer you're around ovulation obviously that you think about that then you're in your autumn which is sort of this two-week wait period which can be quite anxiety inducing and then you've got your 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 bleed which is a release but obviously comes with some disappointment so kind of all these different phases are quite um it's quite hard to be undone and be surrendered and then spring I just feel like really in my body and really happy and really carefree um I would say and I just love spring it's when I'm like, I I feel like optimistic 
about everything and find a lot of pleasure in spring and a lot of um, joy in simple things and a bit carefree and just sort of, oh yeah, let's, yeah, let's just do that. A bit spontaneous. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm curious, when does your spring start? Are you still bleeding at that point or is it off after you? I would say, I would say I, I'm quite lucky with my bleed in terms of I have quite a pleasant experience with my bleed. So I would say probably my bleed's only three, four days. And I would say probably by the end of day two, I'm springing up pretty, pretty, uh, still, you know, the energy is still rising. But in terms of my feelings, <clears throat> and to be honest, even sometimes as soon as a bleed comes, like I can just feel this release and feel a shift, you know, sort of energetically and um, how I perceive things. Um, but, you know, I listen to my body, have a bit of rest day one and day two, and then day three, I'm sort of ready to get back out in the world. And it's a beautiful time. But in terms of challenges, and I've really learned this about myself through cyclical, sort of through trying to live more cyclically, is I my loneliness can get really bad in my spring because I want to be doing stuff. So in a lot, in a lot of my cycle, I'm really quite, I enjoy my own company. I work for myself and I'm quite an introverted extrovert, if that makes sense. Um, Cause I don't think anyone would watch this and think I'm an introverted person, but I energy wise, I really like being on my own, but in my spring, I don't as much. And if I've not made plans, I can suddenly catch myself feeling like left out of things or I get that fear of missing out. Do you think, that, do you I, think that's a teenage thing? Do you think that's, that's a sort of pattern that's was set up when you were younger? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, <clears throat> My therapist would definitely say that's to do with my experience. <laughs> um, so, there's, yeah, there's deeper things. I'm not just blaming my hormones for that. There's obviously deeper things at play. But I notice it is more intense during that time because I actually quite want to be doing things. Whereas in the second half of my cycle, I don't really care. I'm like, do you know what? I would like, oh, I don't even want to go to that. I just want to stay home. So, so I really notice that. So it's something that I've sort of... I'll look at my diary and if I've got like no socializing or, you know, in my that week, I'll be like, maybe you should just ask that friend if they want to go for a coffee, because otherwise you'll be sat at home twiddling your thumbs and suddenly you'll get this wave of like, I'm not doing anything with my life. No one wants to hang out with me. And it's like, but that's, isn't that, that's beautiful. That's the sign of a beautiful caring in a, in a mothering going on. There. Yeah. Yeah. Looking after yourself. In that yeah, way. exactly. And, and that's the whole point of cyclical living, right? Because if you, on the likewise, if I say yes to things, in the second half of my cycle, I can suddenly find myself being really burnt out and I didn't want to do those things. I don't enjoy those things. And I think that is um, a really fantastic benefit of learning about your cycle and then being able to, if you can, you know, implement it into how you you build, you schedule your month or your life. And yeah, um, it's great. Oh, Connie, you've been so generous with your experience. Thank you so much. You're so yeah, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like so honoured. It's, it's, it's thrilling. I, I, I'm just grit. <laughs> but I'd love to hear more about uh, where people can find you and what your latest offerings are and your yeah. work. And yeah, where, where do we get in touch with you? So um, on Instagram, I'm at Connie LJ. So um, I've been a bit quiet on there recently, but generally I just share fun and interesting things about um, period health. And, you know, I always... I'm not a practitioner like yourself, Kate, and you know, there's some women that, but I'm a real fangirl basically of cyclical living. So I share from the experience of like, I'm not an expert, but I'm just a woman doing it and loving it. Um, I'm also the co founder of Period Underwear brand. So 
when you're in your inner winter and you need something cozy, uh, Nixie Body uh, is my period underwear brand. And then, yeah, and I, if, if someone's watching this and they they have a brand, I love collaborating with businesses um, who are in this space. So I do lots of work, as you said, in this lovely introduction, Kate, in the fertility and reproductive health space. I'm doing more and more in the perimenopause space as well. Um, and I just think it is so important that we're having these conversations and we keep talking about it and we keep sharing our stories. And I love sharing mine and others through my work. So it's been a real joy to be part of this today. Kate, thank you. Oh, thank you, Connie. And for listeners, if you're curious about your inner seasons and you're navigating perimenopause, you might enjoy our free workshop. It's on the, it's on the uh, what is it, the 4th of September. <laughs> Who knows when it is? I know when it is. It's on the 4th of September at 7pm UK. It's a Monday night. And you'll, if you come, you'll discover the four essentials to simplify your path in perimenopause. And then launching after that is our self-directed online course, Perimenopause Unwrapped. You see the theme there? We're all unwrapping. Mm. And you can find all about that at womankind.co.uk. How exciting. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Connie.